Hey guys, thanks for joining us back for part two of the Patrice interview here on the Long Monday. Mm. That's provocative stuff. Yeah. I, you know, and Patrice, I was thinking too, you know, and you're right, Neil Simon. I think, I think part of the problem is not necessarily just the fact that we, that white theaters do white shows. We often are skeptical about doing what what they like call like colorblinding or show or gender blind yeah. shows. Yeah. But this is not something I can tell you this, this is not something that's just traditional just here to Myrtle beach because I mean, in Chicago, we would try to do shows that would have like a predominantly black cast. It was hard to find actors there, but was it hard because we didn't know where to go? We weren't mm-hmm. sure. Were we scared to take the chance? You know, mm-hmm. it's sort of, like you said, it's the, it's the, it's the thing. It's like, Oh man, I don't know. What are we going to r- lose ourselves? But you're right. There's so much good theater and and there's so many great plays. It's sort of like for me as a, as an audience member and I'm different and I know Caleb's probably the same way. I don't care if I go see a show that's an all black cast mm-hmm. or see a movie that's all black cast. I'm there because I want to see a good script, a good show, a good performance, a good everything, mm-hmm. you know, um, that's what I dream about. And that's what I want. And I think a lot of theater goers and a lot of theaters, even white theaters, they want that too. Mm-hmm. The problem is they're nervous. Like you said, they think about with their pocketbooks or they think about with like, mm-hmm. what are their subscribers going to do? What are their audiences going to do? Are they going to alienate half their audiences? And maybe they should alienate them. Maybe that's the choice you should make because people need to sort of evolve and sort of realize there's a lot of great stuff out there. We need to watch more stuff and do more stuff. Mm-hmm. I will argue with you about Shakespeare though, and classical <laughs> plays because, because no, I want to say this about one thing about Shakespeare and classical plays. You can do those plays with black audiences and black. And they have been they done. Still yeah. Work. They still work. I mean, Denzel Washington did Julius Caesar um, and it was phenomenal. You know, I mean, and you've got a fellow. Yeah, Othello. I mean, those are plays where I think Shakespeare probably was better off those anyway because he was already talking about race and sexuality mm-hmm. and humanistic things. I think he was already thinking about those things. Yeah. He wasn't Neil Simon. He was actually already putting strong women characters in shows, putting strong black characters in shows. You know, he was already taking those choices. Does he have issues in some of his plays? Sure. Um, I think those plays, we probably need to have a resurgence where we put more African-American and more white and more Asian Hispanics in those kind of shows. I'm so glad um, you, br- you brought up Shakespeare. I'm sorry. Just no, 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 no. I, I agree with you though, but there are some plays. Yeah. That we just probably need to look at and go like, I know you've said your famous phrase on driving Miss Daisy. It's like, I love driving Miss Daisy, but white people love driving Miss Daisy. Cause it's the easy show to do. And you're right. Mm-hmm. It's the easy show to do. And I love that show. Mm-hmm. But from a black perspective, you're probably right. You're right. It's an easy show because it won it. It, it's, it makes a white character feel good about themselves and it makes a black person feel good about themselves. Mm-hmm. It's that good paint by numbers, easy yeah. theater show. And it's not, it's not a good show, but yeah. it's easy for theaters to do. And I also, and I, you want, I want you to, I want to challenge you guys this. Um, we are seeing a lot more black people studying theater now mm-hmm. um, that are wonderful kids that I actually work with at CCU that have come to Dreamhouse and work with me. But I wanna I wanna actually when I was younger, again, like I said, I didn't go to college for theater. So I didn't get a chance to study Shakespeare. Sure. So therefore I dis but I did have it somewhat in my English classes. Um I didn't like I didn't I didn't I I couldn't relate to Shakespeare. 
I could relate to the story he was telling. I have ultimate respect for um, mm -hmm. the message that he gets across the, the drama that happened during the plays, but I still did not like Shakespeare. Okay. So my aunt, she loves Shakespeare, right? So, and she's black. And so she goes, <laughs> she's like, Oh, I, I like Shakespeare. I used to love it. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, can I, let me ask you a question. Why do you like Shakespeare? I can't relate to the man's uh, way of speaking. Sure. Well, how how do you how did you even understand? How did you bring yourself to a place not studying it in college? How do you bring yourself to a place to where you understood it? What did you do? She said, "Well, our church, you know, used King James. So from King yeah. James version, you learn how to understand Shakespeare." Yeah. And yes, I, right. yes, and I thought about that and I said, wow, that's you and you're one person out of, a few, you know, probably a few people learned that way. But think about all the other black people that cannot relate, didn't mm -hmm. study Shakespeare, therefore don't like Shakespeare. So I have to think with a double like that mind and go, wow, this is why. So if when you said that, oh, you could turn Shakespeare into a black play, I remember reading a story in, uh, it was at New York Times. It was a white uh, reporter and he was writing on Broadway and he said he thought it was unfair for us to take movies like, um, was that Cat on a Hot, Rent, um, hot Tin Roof mm -hmm. um, and make it a black cast. He's and an idiot. He then. thought it was unfair <laughs> to do that because yeah. it was a white play. Come on, Southern white like they just, people, you know. Sure, like they just did with Annie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, he thought that it was just it. Come on. That was it was unfair to do that. Black people, we, we should not turn white uh, place into a black cast because it's really not, you know, it's not probable. It's not it's not really fair to do that. I remember reading that article and being very offended. Mm -hmm. And then I thought about it and I said, you know what? I, I still don't agree, you know, completely with, with what he said, but it's a shame that we have to do that. Sure. There's, you know, it's a great story. It's a great story. And we, we will never want to let go of, of, of shows like that because they're classics. But mm -hmm. my God, isn't it a shame that we have to do that? that? That we can't open the doors for Black writers that we know's out there. It's out there. I understand the fear of white theaters not wanting to go into the deep and not knowing, oh, are we going to cast this? But you know why that feeling is there? Because there isn't a Black person on the team to smooth that out for you. Sure. You know, had I, like I said, I had the opposite problem. I had to go mm -hmm. and find my black actors again. And what I had to do is I had to put in place in leadership, some of my white actor friends, some of my white director friends to draw them back to make the, oh, it's, it's balancing out now. So I had mm -hmm. to do the exact opposite and I was willing to do the work. I was yeah. willing to share the platform with my white actors just to bring the harmony of, you know, I want the unity. I want the harmony. I want diversity. And in order to do that, I have to share that platform. I have to scoot over and I have to say, hey, my white brother, my white sister, help me out. And I know that you can, you know, use your voice, use your presence to bring us, you know, bring to bring that side of our family back. And it worked. You know, I had um, uh, one, two, three, about four, four leaders that were Caucasian on the Dreamhouse staff that brought that balance. And that was something that you physically, that's something that you physically have to do. You have to share your platform. You have to share the name. 
in order to get that purpose done. Now, did I really want it? Because if I didn't really want it, if I wanted to be greedy and keep all the credit and do it myself, I wouldn't have what I had, you know? Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, back to like the, what you said about the guy who talked about cat on a hot tin roof. Um, yeah. I mean, I definitely listen. I, I think it was probably, who knows, it was probably a black director or black writer who always wanted to do that show and said, I want to do that show with a black cast. And I think a show like that works for me. Now we've had the, I've, I've had the same conversation. I know we've had the same conversation before Caleb. I've seen shows where you should have a black actor or Hispanic actor or an Asian actor and you've had, and they've cast white actors. Now there are some shows I feel like you cannot change because yeah. culture, like you can't do fences or raising the sun with a white cast. It doesn't work because the subject matter of that play overtly and it definitely talks about it being a black yeah. family. That's the, that's the importance of, it. you know, I feel like there are some shows. Yeah. You probably couldn't make it work because it has to be a white actor. It has to be a black actor. It has to be an Asian. Actor. It just, it has to be that way because of the way it's written. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but um, I mean, there was the famous, um, there's a lot of shows where people have tested, you know, doing like a multicultural cast and sometimes creative, like even the authors of the plays have said, nope, it's meant to be a white actors or mm -hmm. nope, it's meant to be black actors. And they have yeah. yanked the credits from it. And, you know, audience members have thought to themselves, how did that happen? Because yeah. it could yes. work either way. But I mean, I, to I totally understand. Yeah. Uh, but, but I mean, at the same point, I feel like there are some shows if artists want to try something and they yeah. want to do something and it doesn't offend anybody, it doesn't yeah. like, like count on a hot tin roof. If you want to try it with a black or, or a multi or a bi like, like a black actor and a female actor, yeah. husband and wife, I don't see the big deal with it because it's dealing with that relationship. Now it's in the South, but I mean, that's a show that can be anything like Kayla and I, you talked about it, Antigone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, classic Greek play, but it would totally work the way you've talked about it, Caleb. Um, Caleb, if you want to explain it, I guess I don't know. I'm like kind of working over with people, but. Um, well, I mean, I'm not going to, I won't go too into detail with like how you would, you know, sure. create the multi diverse cast, but like, you know, Antigone, it, it deals with the theme is civil disobedience and it deals with Antigone rebelling against, you know, this Creon character who is, you know, a power hungry, you know, idiot. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it deals with a lot of familial issues, but, you know, um, there's, there's a lot of opportunity there to, to create a diverse cast in that particular classical Greek play. Yeah. 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 And I mean, and that's, and that's, a, that's what I'm just saying. It's a perfect example of where it's just a matter of doing more. That's why I can never side with one, like the, the New York uh, Times writer, I understood some of what he was saying, but then again, there's always so much room for mm -hmm. um, creativity. Um, Kevin Ferguson, he's he's my uh, playwright mentor. Um, he's like my brother. He he, I can send Kevin a, a couple of scenes for my script, and he will stop what he's doing and he will work on that script and make it better for me and give me ideas. And with that being said, I remember he wrote an adap adaptation of um, Scrooge. And when I opened Dream House, I loved that place so much. It had gotten in me. And again, there was no room for Black people in that play, but I loved it so much. I said, Kevin, let me use your script, and I want to I want to turn it into an all-Black cast. Mm -hmm. And I saw it all happening in my head, even with the wording. You know, taking sure. out the taking out the 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 British um, 
lingo, you know, of the play and making it, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, DC, Chicago or, or, or Brooklyn, you know, kind of situation, but keeping with the same exact intent the of the script. Yeah. 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 And I saw that so easy. I saw it so easy. And I was like, oh, this is why this can be done sometimes, sure. you know, and it can be creatively done uh, sometimes, you know, so I completely understand. I completely understand that. Yeah. Well, moving forward here. So, I mean, we've talked definitely about collaborations and how, how white theaters definitely need to have a black person in their creative circle, yeah. just, just be, um, be cousin. So, I mean, how, how, so what's the steps we think you eat Atlantic stage and I mean, other grand strand theaters and theaters in general, mm-hmm. I mean, what's the steps and how do we get better? I mean, what do you, what do you feel? Uh, hey, like how do we get better specifically, I guess? The thing that I've been saying since I've moved here, and that is partnership, build partnerships instead of trying to take on this thing alone. We've learned in the, you know, the st- things that have happened in the world that we should be a whole, like mm-hmm. we should be a body, you know? Yeah. Um we have to have arms and feet in order to get to where we are going. You know, I think that, partnerships is the answer. You know, I, in the nonprofit world, I've, I've run a couple of nonprofits and in that world, you get more grants and funding when you partner with another nonprofit that is doing what you're trying to do. The funders yeah. see that as, oh, you're not being greedy. You really want to help the community and you really want to get this done. So when you come to, like I said, I've never wanted to own a theater, but I know somebody who might want to own it and let me do three shows a year, you know, just to make the presence known. Um, A lot of times you have to do things like that in order to make a statement. And if you are serious about making that statement and becoming who you set, who who you're, who, who you see yourself becoming in the future, then yeah, you would have no problems with partnering with people of like-minded people. Um, A lot of, a lot of times theaters will, uh, will, I don't know, be, be rivalries, it, you know, and, and, and it, I understand the whole structure of uh, making your theater great. But at the same time, I haven't had a better life when I have partnered with different theaters in the area for different things. You know, I, you know, even when I didn't have a theater, working with multiple theaters helped mm-hmm. me in the long run in sure. relationships if we would just go back to having true relationships and being happy for each other, making time, even sitting down, having theater heads, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, meeting of the minds and discovering, let's create a, a, a situation to where I could actually go to your shows during the season. Our seasons yeah. are the exact same. You know, we don't get to go see each other's plays. We're, yeah. we're, we're in subliminally competing. Um, how how do we talk about doing this together? You know, so my answer to that question is partnership. Sure, I mean, yeah, we've talked about this. Collaboration's a big deal, mm-hmm. um, like teaming up with each other and collaborating, communication. And and I agree with you. You know, um, the problem with Myrtle Beach is it's such a small market. Um, you know, we've only got really like a handful of theaters, right? And you would think because of how small we are and we all sort of work in circles with each other. Anyway, we all share each other. Mm -hmm. You think we'd be better off about teaming up with each other, but we're not. 
I mean, it just, and, and the thing is we talk about wanting to team up with each other. We all say it. And then what happens is the same sort of thing. It's like self-preservation. We want to help our own theater do our own thing, but we, but really you're right. Teamwork would have been the better deal because Mm -hmm. teamwork, you would have drawn my audience to your theater, your audience to my theater. And we would, we would be better at it. And, And Myrtle beach is a tough place because the other problem is to, we're tough because we don't have a big audience. Most yeah. theaters don't get giant audiences anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, most people come here on vacation. They come here. They don't want to go to the theater show. So then they'll go to Carolina Opry or Alabama theater, one of those shows because it's a variety musical show, yes. you know, but they don't necessarily want to go see like your standard play musical book shows. They don't want to do those because it's not what they think about. Yeah. Um, but you know, you go places like Chicago, New York, LA, Atlanta, they have this sort of like base. Mm-hmm. But what you also realize is like, I mean, I know I would, I would do it. You go see a show and if you're in a show, there's a guy that you're in the show with. He's probably in rehearsals at another theater and he'd be saying, Hey, come see me at this theater. And then you'd be like, yeah, I'm going to be doing a show next at this theater. So what happens is all these people are going to the theater. So you could go to see a show and see five people you've seen at another yeah. theater two days ago. Yeah. And because you just all realize if we don't all just buy tickets to every theater, mm-hmm. theater's not going to work. It's going to go under. Yeah. And so we, we've just got to get better about that too. Yeah. Um, and collaboration and partnerships are just got to be part of the thing. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. that's got to be what we do. It has to be. It has to be. We can sit yeah. here and create our own little Myrtle Beach Hollywood. You know, sure. we have great actors here. We could make those guys stars right here in Myrtle Beach and make them feel like stars yeah. too. We can recreate sure. that vision here. Can I hate using the word village, but can you imagine us having a theater village where that theater over there is playing this one and this one here and this one is there and we're all under the same house, you know, yeah. or under the same house, period. You know, that way we're not, oh, I'm going to this black theater next weekend. Oh, I'm going to the white one. Oh, I'm going to the, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. But blending that all together to be a beautiful uh, thing. Man, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. it's just that simple. I don't need uh, five shows a year. I never yeah. wanted to be that person, but I, I did want just the opportunity. Just, can I use your platform for just the summertime? Can I do that? You know, and to find out that that's not even uh, possible. That's what made me do dream house when I didn't want my own theater. I had to, I had to, you know? So yeah, I believe in that collaboration thing, man, I'm telling you connected this better together. I've always Hashtag that and everything because I couldn't do what I'm doing now without Atlantic stage. I couldn't do what I'm doing now without the experience of working at tour theater, you know, doing, you know, uh, stage management with that, those shows. It was a whole different atmosphere, but it yeah. did nothing but make me a better woman for what I am doing now. You know what I mean? Sure. I had to have that experience, had to. Yeah. So sometimes you have to step out of the box and not care what your peers are saying that don't agree. You know, if they don't want to come to the all white show or the all black show or whatever, okay, stay home, watch Netflix that night. But but they will get out there one way or another. They'll know about sure. it, you know. And what they will know is that we are better together, no matter what anybody says. Awesome. I mean, I I, I agree one hundred percent. I think it's, I think it's a hundred percent true um, that as a team, it's always going to be a stronger 
I think, I think, I mean, it's, it spreads out arts. We, we talk about now we're just sort of have a conversation about theater and the arts trying to be better together. But I mean, I think it's across the board. It works on every facet. You know, if we just sort of just got over who we are and just sort of, I mean, it really just starts a conversation. I feel like just our conversation here today, we're, there's that, you know, just listening, just talking and sometimes just having a conversation. Cause you're right. Perspective is a, is a total thing. Like the way I view something is different from the way you view something. And, and yeah, we just have to get better about it. Um, well, and it's, it's yeah. another form of tribalism too, mm-hmm. that we're saying. And it's, that's not just here. Yeah. It's everywhere. Yeah. It's why we have, you know, we see white American yeah. theater. It's, it's tribalism. Um, because, you know, and, and tribalism lends itself to competition, like what you just talked about, Patrice, um, whether or not we mean to, Mm -hmm. we are, in my opinion, perverting the pureness of an art form by competing because it is not meant to be competitive. It is so subjective. There's in order for it to be competitive, that means you're the implication there that there's a good, better, best when, which doesn't actually exist in art. Yes. Um, so it's, it's such a, it's, it has, you have to, you have to be able to collaborate. You have to be able to say, yeah, I see what you're doing over here. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying you can't have separate theaters. You can have separate theaters, Mm -hmm. but to have that willingness and it's a mindset thing. Um, it my tribalism is a mindset. Mm -hmm. It's not a, it's not a, um, nothing's written in the sand or in the sky, you yeah. know, on a tablet in the sky saying that this is your tribe yeah. or that, you know, this is, you know, the state in which you live. Yeah. It's, it's an idea. Yeah. And we yeah. have to push past these notions of tribalism in order to, to gain the growth that we seek to, to, to build mm-hmm. for the next generation and the ones that we want to see today. Yes. And to see each other, how we really are. I don't, I have to, I stop my uh, Caucasian friends Every single time they say, oh, Patrice, I love you. I don't see your color. I don't see that. I don't see. I said, you, you know what? You need to see my color because mm-hmm. that's the way, that's how I know you accept me. You know, don't ignore that I'm black. You know, don't, don't do that because it means a lot to me. I love being sure. black. I, I, you know, I, I actually hold that as honorable. So Mm -hmm. for you to ignore that part is you saying that you don't want to see that I'm black because that's the only way you can, you know, not have that guilt or not, or, or be uncomfortable about having a conversation with me. No, be uncomfortable in the moment. It's okay. You know, we can love each other through that, you know, all of that. So, um, and, and again, with you, um, Caleb and your, um, uh, no, I'm sorry, Jason. And as far as the collaboration goes, uh, a lot of times when we work together, we will see that we are different. Oh, yeah. the, the, her, her writing is not as strong. The story is amazing, but the writing yeah. needs some help. The writing is not strong. Kevin Ferguson, again, stepped in and he he saw he heard a reading of my play and he wasn't afraid to see that. Oh, she she has a little weakness in this area. Hey, Patrice, why don't you let me read that for you and let me send that back? That's not going to make me feel uh, belittled or again, I didn't go to college for playwright or theater. Help. Help me. Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) So I'll be able to help you in areas that you're weak. Where you are weak, I am made strong, and where you, where I am, uh, uh, okay, you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I, we know what you meant. We know what you meant. I got no, you. We got it. Yeah, yeah we got you. 
Uh, but you know, I, back to what you were just saying about writing too. I, I meant to say this earlier because you were talking about you know how black writers write different yeah. for their actors versus yeah. for white writers write different for. And we talked about this in talent versus training last week. How and I and I, I talked about it too is how you go out there and if you're an actor and you're learning and you realize when you're in your little pool of what you're learning from in your college or university or your, your neighborhood, or your area, you're learning one style. You know, you go to a bigger neighborhood, a bigger area, you realize there's a thousand different styles of way things are done. Yeah. None of them could be wrong. Some of them are wrong. Some of them are right. But that collaboration of like me being a white actor going to a black writer and being like, Oh, they write totally different that helps me. It doesn't, I, 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 if I, I need to start looking at it and saying that is better for me because now I can realize there's more than one way to look at anything. Yeah. And that's the same way with a black actor going to like, say Shakespeare or going to like a Neil Simon play yeah. looking at it going, God, I don't talk anything like this, <laughs> but, but training yourself to yeah. learn how to do it. Yes. Trains you as an actor. Yeah. You learn how to do it. I mean, those, mm. that's, these are things that like Caleb was saying, the arts, it's so good because there's so many different things and like you can learn from everything out there. And and like you said, it can be a white play mm-hmm. and you as a black would be like, I don't like anything about this, but I can respect what yes. it is and I can use it yes. to, to enhance me. And it's the same as a white person or a white actor. I look at like culture and things and go, I mean, there's some things that's like, man, I, I watch it and I go, it's so brilliant. I'm, I've never thought of being an actor or doing something that way. Mm-hmm. And then you hear it and you go, Oh man, it's just a whole different take on yeah. something. So it's just great. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that's why I think we talk about that, like collaboration, that communication, right. that's what's going to build. Exactly. And tr- like Caleb said, getting out of this tribalism yeah. and sort of like experiencing other cultures, right. You know, experiencing other things like, you know, I mean, it's sort of like tribalism is a perfect example of like globalism in some ways too, you know, I mean, modern mathematics, you know, like how the Egyptians were inventing mathematics and how the Chinese were inventing mathematics, you know, when you get it together, you start to realize they each had different things and they were figuring out themselves different ways to get there. But when the world started coming together, it sort of broadened how math and different communication was being expanded in the world. You know, being together on something doesn't hurt. It actually helps. It enhances you as a culture and makes you stronger. Definitely. Right. Cause when the robots and the aliens rise up against <laughs> us, we're going to, we're, we're going to have to be together. You know, let's be honest. Uh, we're going to have to finally hey, team up. If, if anything coronavirus has taught us, it is because coronavirus is in Neil deGrasse Tyson talks about this. It is an alien invader. It is. It is. It is the one it is. It is an, an enemy that shows no partiality. That's right. And, if we had an alien invader, we would all hopefully expect for us to, to work together and, you know, come together as a, as a collective and, and, you know, try and defeat this as, as, as one. But, you know, if anything, coronavirus was our test run and we failed. We are failing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's sad, but true. Yeah. Um, well, um, so Patrice, with all that in mind and all that talking about how we get better and how we do better, where do you see theater in the grand strand and the area? How do you, I mean, where do you see it going the arts in like the next 10 years, you know? Well, wow. That, that's a hard question to answer only because some people will get it and some people won't. Um, and then now that I'm in the South, it's harder to answer that question because compared to the North. Uh, mainly because the South is known as the bad kids of the country. They tend to always be last in most things that are good for people of color. 
they basically, their hand has to be forced often when it comes to um, bettering the country, making the country better for races, um, sort of like, sort of like the ones that resist the most. So in order to answer that question, I would have to say that my hope is honestly to have us collaborate more. If we collaborated more with the races um, in theater, I think that you would see a great difference in theater when it comes to, you know, where we could be in 10 years. But honestly, it's sad that I can't answer that question. I wish we had like a theater hub. I wish that um, everybody would respect each other's craft, you know, just because it's not the way you do it doesn't mean that it's the wrong way to do it. And to include other people's ideas on different levels, it just makes everything more colorful and beautiful. And not only do we bounce off of each other, but we can help each other, you know, and respect respect everybody. Um, I'm very concerned about the world right now and what's gonna happen. Um, I've never seen white people's voices rise up for people of color like this before. Of course, we need those voices to continue to rise, you know, um, that would be great. Uh, we, we definitely need the help of our white brothers and sisters more than ever right now. You know, right now it's so hard um, to believe that we are seeing what people are really thinking about what we're going through right now, because most people are now they're able to hide behind their computer you know, and really say what's on their heart. And it's very hurtful, especially when you know them and they have been in your theater before supporting you. And then and then yet and still you hear them say things like um, they support the blue, like as if we don't. We, you know, as if we don't care about our policemen, you know, it's very sad to hear that we aren't, that they believe that we are choosing one over the other. I don't I, I still can't understand how that happens or how they got to got that way at all. Um, and then at the, while they're doing that, they honestly believe that they look good in the sight of God. You know, God made us too. He, you know, if you really want the truth and find out who was made first, which to me is petty, but it's the truth. You know, all people came from people of color. And for you to honestly downgrade people of color in this day and time, it, it just, I, I honestly don't understand that. But again, you know what my hope is. My hope is that we we can collaborate and we can come together. And then the next 10 years, we are great. But honestly, I have to say that I don't see it happening in America. I can't speak on America right now. Even in scripture, it says it's going to spiral before it gets better. Um, for America, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't look good. You know, I'm I am hopeful, but I am ready for whatever you know is going to happen in this world when it comes to black and white relations you know we all want we we just want equality that's all black people just want equality and we want to uh, we don't want to take your spot and we don't want to rip you out of your homes and take your home like they did in black wall street back in what was it uh 1921 they did that they went in and just drugged those people out of their houses because they had found a way to wealth without using their white system and they were so resentful of that they killed almost was it uh, uh i think it was 300 black people that were um 
injured and it was like 500 that were uh, killed. And that is something that we don't want to, we don't want revenge on that. You know, we just want opportunity. That's it. Again, we don't want what you have. We want what we are due to have. And it's like they're basically saying, well, so what? You built the original White House. And so what? We built wealth off of your back. And and no, you're not due. You're not due to it. So what? You need to get over it. You know, um, a lot of the other races that were enslaved, they got over it. Why can't you get over it? You know, you need to pull up your bootstraps and 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 work hard. But no, it, it, in this situation, you can't say that because it sure. does not match the situation. Black people were being killed for learning how to read, hung on trees. We weren't allowed to learn how to read. So we were physically on purpose set back in education because we wanted education. And then you hear them say, oh, they're so far back in education as if they had nothing to do with it. But they had everything to do with it because what they did was they instilled in my great grandparents, you need to go get a job and work and put food on the table. That's what you need to do. I can't go to school for theater because I was taught to go to school for nursing so that I could have a constant job. So that's why you see a lower number of theater, you know, black theaters, um, black uh, playwrights, um, which is rising like never before right now. Um, you know, that's why I said uh, it's very important to have a, a black playwright festival so that you can now see how many people has risen up to that and have actually self-taught sure. themselves um, in theater like me, you know. Um, we need the numbers of the white voice to rise. And I've never seen it like this before where it's so many white voices that are rising for on behalf of us. And I hope that that continues to happen. Sure. So I can't dare ask, you know, answer the question of in 10 years because we need the help of our fellow white brothers and sisters at, I mean, more, more now than ever, more now than ever, yeah. you know, just like we say, if somebody's being bullied, you got to speak up and say something. You see those commercials, the same goes for this. You know, you see a black person being mistreated or um, not giving the benefit of the doubt or just, you know, being assumed that, you know, um, I'm fighting banks right now because I'm black. I posted something the other day. I have good credit. I, I have I have no felony. I have no felons. I've never been arrested. And still, um, I have to pay what's called the black tax because I'm black, you know, and you ask the banks and you go down the check line. But I've done this and I've done this and have a, a counter, a, a, a white sister over here who has done the same exact thing I've done. Um, and makes less than me, but she had no problems. She has no problems. If we, yeah. if we're not just paying attention, I know that, you know, all white people can't fix everything now. You know, you can only use your voice. That is all we ask for your voice. Just say something, you know, um, I have, it, 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 we will get way, way, way far in advance, um, to where we are now just by a voice. You know, um, I think then I can probably answer that question. Sure. 
So basically, we need to keep acknowledging it. We need to keep yeah. talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got to keep the conversation going. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that we will be 100% perfect sure. um, in all things. No race is. You will have good and yeah. bad apples. You know, it's just not fair that they expect us to be 100% good because yeah. we're in spotlight right now. So, oh, well, look at them. They did that. Okay. Well, your uncle robbed a bank last week. And uh, so it's it's that whole mindset of, you can't do anything wrong. Sure. Nothing. You or your kids, the kids that you help raise down the street that, you know, or you will pay for it. And that is what we're paying for. And yeah. I honestly have to be honest with you guys. I don't see it uh, happening in um, America. I, I, I don't. I don't. And even in scripture, it doesn't show us it getting better. <laughs> It shows us that in the end, of course, but yeah. as far as it going into the, you know, uh, spiraling process of it, that is just what um, I think is written, you know, but it will all be made right soon. But um, at this point, I can't answer that question about America at all. Sure. No, I agree. I mean, I, I think the problem is we're such in a weird, diverse spot yeah. in our world and country right now it's and, and i and i think the whole idea you said you, you just want to be equal and i think when i look at the black lives matter movement there's and there's so many people i know and even family members unfortunately that i know that are like you know with that throwback that all lives matter you know and it, and it aggravates me because it's like Black Lives Matter movement is not trying to say that they're more important than you. It's just that we've been feel marginalized and feel like we're not as good. We want to matter the same way the rest of you matter. So we want to be equal. It's just we like there's that fo- photo of it where it shows like basically all the color fists up in the air equal. That's what it means. It doesn't mean that we want to be over you. Mm-hmm. But there's this fear mongering and just this world out there where so many people are just inciting this ideology that Oh, they're going to take over. They're going to ruin the world. They're going to expect us to do all this sort of things. And it's just like, I feel like so many people do get it. And we're like, no, like that's not what it's about. But the problem is all the negative stuff just keeps getting hit over and over and over again. And, you know, like you said, you don't, you know, you're, you're looking at the world right now, staring it down. Where's it going to go? So what it's going to be like in 10 years, you don't know. I mean, obviously we hope that in 10 years, the arts are going to be better. We hope that the world's going to be better. We hope that people will wake up and be more woke. Yeah. Right. I know we had to use the word phrase woke, yeah. but be more wo- awoke to what's happening mm-hmm. um, and just be more honest. You know, it's, it's been unfair for hundreds of years. Yeah. And, you know, and like you said, the Jewish people, I think Jewish people were able to adapt better because let's be honest, they were able to hide behind the color of their skin, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, but, um, so hopefully 10 years, we'll, we'll figure it out, yeah. um, down the line. So in that case, then what, I guess this kind of get closer to the end of our conversation. We've had such a good conversation here. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the end, I guess what, you know, if you could do anything, Patrice, if there, if, if 10 years, if everything goes right, if we're getting there, what's your idea of production and what do you want to do in DreamWorks and what do you want to see for this Grand Strand area? I mean, what do you want to see in the next 10 years then for you? I want to work with DreamWorks. (laughs) Good. You want to get back on stage. I think that's what everybody wants to do. 
Uh, you, so, you literally just want to work. Uh, well, the, yeah. um, I'm, I'm going to tell you, my masterpiece is the play Zana, the one you read for, that 1930s mm -hmm. gangster show. I would love to see that come alive. The budget is pretty, sure. is 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 not small, but, um, it, you know, uh, I would love to see that because it's so, 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 so diverse and it deals with race relations. It deals with love. And it deals with um, the possibility, the the beautiful possibility of us um, becoming one people, and you know, and then too, um, I would love, I would love to see, you know, some August Wilson in Myrtle Beach. Me too. I would love yeah. to see that, you know. And there's, uh, oh my gosh, there's a ton of, of black playwrights, Native Son. I mean, there's a ton that um, is it's out there, but. If we could just, if I could just see that, that would mean a lot. That would mean a lot, sure. you know? Well, let's hope that when this all ends, all this coronavirus stuff is over, yeah. maybe us, Atlantic Stage, and you guys can team up and we can we can finally do some August Wilson and do some great shows and do more original work. Yes. And maybe we can, if we restructure ourselves right, we can get more of a, like an artistic team instead yeah. of like an artistic director yeah. and get like better broad pictures and views yes, yes. of what's going forward and that's collaborations yeah that's right that's a hundred percent collaborations that's a great start yeah so well you know, rome wasn't built in a day that's right that's a that's but we got a building in a day no i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah <laughs> this week we got to make sure we got the foundations poured this week right and, well, and any yeah, one more last thing I wanted to. No, you're good. You're good. Um, uh, Myrtle, the I don't know the feel of film in Myrtle Beach is a low buzz. There's a buzz, but it's mm -hmm. low. I would like to see that come up some more. The the sure. mini series that I'm doing right now is simply just me getting my feet wet to see if I like film. It's a you know a little a goofy um purpose done uh comedy uh with with some drama that's coming up actually um the purpose of raising awareness on PTSD um, and race relations in Myrtle Beach is the whole purpose of the miniseries. I'm just sticking with those three points there, you know, and as you see these relationships um, and these people come together, um, I would love to put Myrtle Beach on, on the map with that show and show the race relations in Myrtle Beach and it in a positive way, um, but also white people really trying that's what that sure. show is actually about. White people actually uh, making the effort and it's funny as they make the effort and um, it's heartfelt and black people being black and not, you know, close to white or acting white, but being themselves. I would love mm -hmm. to, that's the purpose of me doing that particular show. And again, it's goofy. I'm a goofy girl. If you know me personally, you know, I'm goofy. So it, it matches, but the real, real work that uh, TV series that I have in my belly that I want to begin uh, so bad is, is behind this. So I'm just sure. right now, just getting the feel and I just want to see if, um, if I belong in that industry. And so far I would like to, when I die, I would like to be doing that, which is film. Sure. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Anything else, Caleb, you got? No, I mean, this is one of those conversations that we we're going to need to revisit over and over again, because we're not yeah. shutting the door on this. We haven't completely solved everything here in this one, sure. this one conversation, but 
that is that is the work it's the conversation and and, exactly. and the actions uh, that we'll, 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 we will take as a result of this conversation yeah. um but now i i think this has been a very productive conversation i'm excited for all of our listeners to hear it and, and for the feedback that we're going to get back from this i hope it of wasn't course. too long no no not at all we get we got a two-parter. This is an epic, oh, okay. it's an epic piece. <laughs> well, I, um, I appreciate you guys so much for thinking about me. I am so um humbled by you thinking about me. You know, I thank you guys so much for taking me seriously and um working with me. You know, you know, sure. I I appreciate that. I appreciate Atlantic Stage. I owe I I owe like I said, I owe all, all of my crash course theater uh, studies to Atlantic Stays. Atlantic Stays was, was my college. You know, mm-hmm. Mindy took me in um, and loved me, um, even through my personal life, you know, with um, uh, Charles passing. You know, she was there for me. And Tom being the big brother, you know, always making sure he, you know, would check in. I, I love those guys so much. And again, uh, you guys know how I feel about you two. We work together and we, I think we do well together. You know, I think we've gotten close. We're not afraid of friction. And that's what I love um, about us is that we, we have those tough conversations and we get through them. That's right. And that's right. Makes our relationship stronger. Awesome. We we love, we love working with you, Patrice. Of course. You're amazing. Um, So we'd like to thank our audiences for listening to us once again. Remember to always, as usual, like, subscribe, share our podcasts. And um, we're going to have many more coming up. We'll hopefully maybe Patrice will have another one with you guys talk about more stuff. Maybe if we have a collaboration, we'll have a more episodes on that, but thank you guys for joining us today. Thank you guys for being here. Um, It's always awesome. And uh, we will see you next time on the long Monday. Thank you guys. Have a a good night. Thank you. Bye. Very special shout out to Cody Constantine for our amazing intro and outro music here on the long Monday.